0: shane and brandon from Mimir as well hello yeah so today uh we are going to talk about the creation um it's been emailed to us and brought up uh, by a few people and uh we've been promising this one for a while but we've kind of been i've been distracted mainly um uh, and you know but now everything can get back on track but uh brandon's actually got some cool stuff he's gonna he's gonna, a little bit he's gonna read to you and then we're gonna read out of some books and i'm gonna tell you the books and the authors uh, as we touch on this stuff, so that way you guys can go cross-reference it. So, I' uh, go ahead and get us started.
1: All right, this is out of a book. Um, it's called Norse Mythology. It's just a basic book. I've had it for years, and I've never really picked it up until a few weeks ago. It's by Kevin Crousey Holland, and it's probably got the best sentence creation starter I've ever read. And it says, Burning Ice, Biting Flame, This is how life began. Just as simple as that. And it was literally the basis for the creation of most mythos and numerous religions.
0: Exactly. I mean, you know, we, uh, a good point that was pointed out by Ari Targer is, I think our religion, as far as this goes, as far as the creation is actually the only creation story that exists without a divine being creating us in the beginning. Um, You're right. What, and, and what's unique is that, you know, Ymir himself was formed out of this, like a weird scientific uh, element of combining fire and ice. And he was born from the the mist and the dews of it, um, which was pretty unique because, you know, it's, it's said, kind of like back in, uh, in a lot of the tales and a lot of people have studied this, that there was silence in space. And uh, Ymir's name alone means screamer. And so what's really unique is um, he was the first sound that in existence. And it said that his, him just being there and existing and the sounds and the vibrations from him is actually what spawned life. Which is pretty unique, because um, that's actually how we were formed. If you look back at the story of when Odin spoke and gave us his breath, we were formed by his breath and by his words, uh, and we were spoken into existence. It's kind of like a manifestation, you know, manifesting what we speak or manifesting what we desire. Yeah,
1: is pretty cool. And I thought
0: that was a pretty cool element, because um, I didn't, I've never looked at it that way. Um, but right here, in chapter 24, of Bar Troth, uh, it says, um, We know of the making and the ending of the worlds from three sources, Volsco, Hothrim, and small, Stor- and uh, Snorri's retelling is edited. As usual, the latter is the most complete and neatest, adding many details that the other ones leave out. For instance, the fires of Muspelheim are not spoken of as... Part of the first world shaping, in either of the poetic sources, and I actually went back and looked. <clears throat> They're really not. you you're, you're not. You don't hear about Muspelheim or kind of where all this kind of originated from. Um, in the eldest times, there was nothing except the ice of Niflheim, Uh in the north, and then uh, sorry, not keeping In the north and Muspelheim, a world of elemental fire, in the south and between them stretched gananga Gap, the Gap uh, charged with magical potential. Yeah. And then it talks about that there was rivers, which is really unique because in my, all my studies, I never knew that there was rivers actually running between them. Uh, there was a number of rivers collectively called Elevar, Ele, uh, I'm probably butchering this, Elevar, Elevargar? Elevargar? I'm probably butchering this, but it's, you know, uh, I think people forgive me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, it flowed from the well of Helv, see, I'm really on which is like a bubbling cauldron that actually sits in Niflheim, and it's uh, dripping down from a glacial edge, or edge of it. Uh, at the same time, sparks flew from Muspelheim. When the two of them met together, they whirled together, and then they formed a hermaphroditic, uh jotun named Ymir, uh, which means. And- was born from sand. So, and then there was a Dumbla, which actually, um, which is unique, because, um, you know, we all picture uh, a being a cow, and that's what we're told she is, she a um, yeah, and she provides milk to him. but,
1: yeah, go ahead. Yeah, she feeds him from, you know, the rivers that, the rivers of milk that flow from her teats, and all that, all that good stuff. And she actually, and, you know, Creates Bori, is one of the OGs. You know,
0: what's really interesting is, you know, uh, Ari Tharger mentions when he, in his video Ganunga Gap when he talks about this stuff that how we've represent how cows have always represented fertility is throughout various uh, religions. Uh, you know, you've got the fertility goddess and, you know Egyptian religion named Hathor. You've got um, various, you know, cow-like um, gods and goddesses, and and they're and it's really funny too, is that they have horns. So the horned gods and goddesses are always also represented with fertility, like um,
1: stag horns, so, like that.
0: Yeah, and then we, and then we associate Freyr with you know um, deer horns or stag horns as
1: well. Yes, I mean, and he's he's, a, the, he's the fertility god. Yeah, Unless. and so.
0: And which is pretty unique because it's just kind of like there's a weird, uh, you know, connection there for some reason. And um, whether or not do I believe that there was a literal cow existing uh, before the earth, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's something that's not really delved too heavily into. Um, what's your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, well, it, was, it's one of those things that I think is a the category of things that why they call it faith. Um huh. this is like this one uh, this is probably the only book that it talks about yeah, it talks about um, in the south is a realm called misspell and it actually references that cert is already there. Yeah So if anything he's, he's you can call him a power child, but and this is probably the only book that I think references him that I've read. At that point in time in the verse, it always talks about Guna Gap, Yamir, Alduma, and then um, Ori, Odin Valley V, all that stuff. They never talk. This is the first time I've ever seen Cert thrown in there. But he doesn't really do anything. He's just hanging out with Flaming Sword apparently. <laughs> you know and, that, and that's the
0: thing is in Muspelheim you know there's much more than Cert himself uh, I think that we just all focus exactly on Cert himself but I think we all I don't know if many people dismiss like you know or ever really delve into the concept that
1: there's probably a lot more people on Muspelheim than we know of um, oh, absolutely it's like look at how many all, all the frost giants they, they name I don't know how many damn frost giants but there's gotta be more you know like the hill giant stuff like that mm-hmm. The simple fact that he has a larger picture to play to and Ragnarok exactly so of course he's gonna get he's gonna get some extra limelight you know oh okay. yeah and
0: you know and I think when somebody asked me once it's like why is Cert such a huge part and um and Ragnarok and because he's not really mentioned way too much throughout the other you know tales and anything else and you know and I'm like I can't find any source material on that Um and that kind of goes back to was there maybe more stories about that I'm not
1: sure, sure. Well, um, look at it like this way what is what does fire do yeah it consumes and destroys it consumes everything and destroys but look at what a look at what happens afterwards it, it leaves Better conditions for new life to grow. Exactly, it's the same reason why a farmer burns its field, so yeah, that way so the ground is more fertile and stuff like that. Here, and that's why, like in for, like at the end of a forest fire, things grow when they start to come back to life. They're green and flourish, and it's one of those. It's it's kind of like I look at it like he's he's the destroyer, but he's also leaving room for everything to rebuild better. Because it all actually.
0: Um, it all goes back to the plan, you know, You know, we don't view, uh, the earth or, the, like, existence in, like, a, okay, here's the creation, here's the end of the world, and that's it. You know, um, the Norse, you know, the Norse pagans and, and heathenry, we view it as a continuous circle. Like, there's creation, we exist, the world ends, the world's destroyed, back to creation, and it just keeps going and going and going. Um... Which is a really unique concept. Um, I think that does that is Hinduism. Um, you know, I think that because the, they have like 14 different dimensions that their gods exist on. You live, the world is created, you die and then Hinduism um, it talks about that a little bit, uh, which is why their gods are you know they're more primarily focused on just being intelligence that exists
1: uh, yeah. versus being an actual being. Um, There's actually something back here in the notes and because uh, this book has a whole the back sections are full of notes and it talks to talks a lot about the uh, the similarities between are a lot of different face in their creations and different like parts and even Buddha created something out of a dead giant so I'm definitely gonna have to look more into that crap because that's crazy
0: yeah that is really weird because you know you only thought that like Odin would be something that created the world based off of a uh, you know a, a yeah. dead
1: giant well of What's course it? like he also rides a giant fucking turtle so it's whatever
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, let's see here alright so when Ymir fell asleep uh, he started to sweat and the sweat under his arms grew two more giants one male one female and one of his legs paired with the other uh, to create a third a son called uh, Throglomir which is the strength yeller Uh, these were the first of the family of the frost giants, also called the Jotunar Uh, and they were breastfed by the cow giant Adumbla who, like Ymir, was created from the melting ice in Gap. <laughs> Which is so, when you look at it like that, and the fact that Ymir is both genders uh, and gave birth to uh, humanity from his sweat beneath his armpits, uh, I've heard a lot of interesting discussions about this, whether, you know, is it possible because well, cause he was two genders did he impregnate himself? and actually literally give birth? Or was this just something very similar, very different, you know, something different? And I think it's just probably because of the same elements that created Ymir himself. Being that he was created like that, and then his sweat formed basically the same elements that created him, and it could have, you know, provided extra life. That's
1: what I'm thinking, but... Man, there's there's some gaps that I'm trying to fill in with my head. Because this uh, the cow creates uh, Bori. She licks the salt lick and all that stuff, and, he, and she licks it down to the point where it creates a man. His mm-hmm. name's Bor. He's tall, strong, good-looking, all that good stuff. <clears dad. throat> and he somehow it skips a it skips a shit ton. It seems like and he has a a named Bori. who marries the daughter of Balthor. the Frost Giant. Her name is Besla. And she mothered three children. And this is where we get the OGs coming in. Yep. One was Odin. The second was Billy, And the third was V. Yep. And you hear nothing of Billy and V for a long-ass time after this, the, the creation lore. Until yep. he goes, until Odin goes wandering and stuff like that. And they come and they proceed to sit at his table as The Kings of Asgard, in his stead, Um, which is fine and all that good jazz. Um, But it it skips the. I think it's just this book. I guess this guy was kind of like weeding stuff out. And they just get tired of Ymir's shit one day and kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Well, everyone else makes it up that this uh, this fucking giant's done something just horrible. But they often. But no, they just get tired of hearing his mouth. Apparently, and... what's
0: interesting is that there's such a space of time, in before all this happens. It kind of makes you wonder, like, what the hell went on before Ymir gets killed? Because Odin, I think, was, um, I think he was, you know, getting towards his middle age years when he's when they finally killed off Ymir.
1: Yeah, he was um, the older. He's the, he's the older of the three. Yeah, but but they, the, they just said that this thing that says they have no liking for the for Ymir and growing gang of unruly brutal frost giants I guess it's because they didn't like the frost giants and he pretty much but almost certain aspects of all the nine worlds' life like the the, the dwarves they came they were pretty much the maggots from from his corpse you know shit sure like that so a lot of aspects of creation came from just his body, be it alive or during the creation of his body, or be it after he was off and Midgard was created, and then certain aspects of his being and critters that were feeding on him apparently made other made other entities. See,
0: and what I have here in my notes is like it says Odin. Vili and Vey were bothered by the fact that the giants outnumbered the Aesir. And the giants were constantly conceiving new giants and the only solution they could see was to kill Ymir. And the three brothers waited until Ymir was asleep before they assaulted him and Ymir is attacked by the brothers of Odin, Vili and Vey. And the horrifying battle began by using all their strength they managed to kill Ymir and blood spouted out with a furious force in every direction from Ymir's body. And most of the giants drowned in a huge flood of blood. Only two giants survived, uh, Berglamir and his wife, and a couple fled and found a safe place in the land of mist and saved their lives and all the future giants are descended from this couple. So it would make sense why the giants are, you know, always associated with the land of ice and mist because right here it tells you that the two that survived fled there. and that's where they are. So that,
1: that kinda answers that question that some people have. Like where are the giants at? Where did they come from? Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Which it's is pretty big. cool. This and then directly after that, like this this next like little tidbit raises more questions than anything. You so, know Odin Villian V hoisted the body of the dead frost giant onto their shoulders and carted it into the middle of Groner Gap. That is where they made the world from his body mm-hmm. my initial thought being the cynic and asshole that i am what the fuck were they standing on first of all <laughs> i mean that, that, that's 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 that's, that's, the, that's my impression. biggest problem if i read stuff like that and i'm like all right so there's nothing except for a gap what the fuck are they standing on because nothing's me <laughs> so that's, that's, that's where i'm like impatient where where's all the rest of the stuff the Nine Worlds and everything, where is the rest of the stuff that these people are walking on while they're trying to create, you know, make shit out of Play-Doh from this dead dude?
0: (laughs) No. Now, see, so there's an interesting tidbit, actually. I think it was uh, in the Ganunga Gap video I watched where there was somebody who gave a theory. I don't know if it's, like, fully backed by a lot of people, but the theory was that perhaps Midgard, a portion of it was flat at the time and existed prior, Just you know, but they didn't name it or anything. And um, because there is actually supposedly a mountain called the Ganunga gap Mountain, uh, which is a space, like a huge void. And it's near, supposedly, I think they said it was near a volcano and some, um, you know, the mountain was obviously covered in ice. So... Of that course, could be,
1: the first one.
0: yeah, so that could be like a spot, you know, like, you know, what the hell is he walking on? Maybe there was a little bit of planet, <laughs> you, uh, know, uh, be something. I mean, you know, I mean, because, you know, that would make a lot more sense if you look at the creation of the world and the creation of the nine realms in like a cosmological aspect instead of actually like they're just sitting there walking around in this voidless, you know, Existence, Uh, perhaps that the Earth at the time or Midgard was just, you know, the Vikings perceived it as flat. Maybe it's because there's maybe a point where it wasn't as big as the Earth is as we know it today. Maybe it was a lot smaller.
1: And the the thing in this, well, and what I'm reading is we just get the creation of Midgard. We don't get the other nine realms. Like we're as far as we're told at at this point two of them are already there. Exactly. When we're led to assume that the rest of them are already there. Um, So it could be something dealing with that. Um, I'm doing a... I'm just... I'm diving deeper into the pros right now. Yeah. And the first chapter when Gelfi goes to Asgard to speak with the gods. Like, there's so much detail. Um, I'm probably going to have to redo the chapter over again to try to get more out of it yeah it, it's just so so dense the way the uh, the lore is laid out by Snorri mm-hmm. but it's and that's a totally different kind of can of worms too if you're if you're pulling everything from the pros because there's no poeticness to it like you would get in the, uh, the stuff, you're, you're getting the OD stuff
0: yeah the prose is very like straightforward and- yeah, yeah. Black and white.
1: And what,
0: what, what I found what, what, here's a kind of interesting little <clears throat> concept of kind of like what would back a little bit of this is, you know, the movie Valhalla. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I, I watched it.
1: Well, Mads Mickelson? Do what? Well, Mads Mickelson? No, 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 that's, called Hollow, right? yeah, that's no. Hollow Rising. That's oh, Valhalla Rising, my bad. Yeah. You're talking about yeah, the other one I've been trying to find on the internet so I can watch the damn thing.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I know one you're yeah. talking about.
0: So that one, so the concept of that, like, in that movie, he goes um, Thor and Loki, you know, it's the whole story where, you know, the kid eats the bone marrow from the goat. Thor takes yeah. him as a slave. But this time he actually takes his sister, which is pretty cool. And they're just walking through the woods and all of a sudden they just start walking up the bifrost and then they're boom they're in asgard but when they look down from asgard asgard is kind of like a floating landmass mass where they can actually look down to see the earth or like see the ground and the grass and everything which to me i was just kind of like you know it so kind of makes pass. you it kind of makes you feel like a it's got like a mount olympus vibe like maybe it's like yeah. sitting up on a high mountain somewhere or
1: so you know, they do something like that, and you'd look down and see like the branches of the world tree, because basically that's what everything fucking sits on.
0: Yeah, you know, and so, so it's it's a, it's a kind of unique way of kind of looking at it, but you know, uh, because it goes right here. I mean, because if I can say, you know, just from like a crime scene aspect, if I stab somebody, their blood's going to run over whatever surface it's sitting on, so. If Ymir's blood, like it says right here, the blood became the oceans and the rivers and the lakes and the flesh became the land and the bones became the mountains and the teeth were made into rocks, the hair became the grass and trees and the eyelashes became Midgard. And the depiction of Odin, Vili, and Ve creating the world, there's like several art, you know, draftings of that. Um, But they threw the brain up into the air and became clouds and the skull became the sky and then so what, So what's interesting is what makes me think that there was like they were on mid guard like a portion of it was like maybe it's not as big as it was is because if they did all this and they stabbed him and like they said the blood came out with a furious force in every direction and like killed a whole bunch of people and how are you know, you don't hear the story of them carrying his blood and dumping it on a rock somewhere, you know, the world. But, but it's speaking like they're already on Midgard, like they threw his brain up into the air and they, and everything, and they placed it as it was where it was at.
1: Well, there's a point where they use part of him, and there's four corners, and they get he, they get uh, four doors. At each corner, and they hold this, they hold this plate up, and it's um, north, south, east, and west. That's how we get the the names for the um, for directions of the compass. Um, so it makes me feel like they might be like in the mythos. It is flat, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not one of those flat earthers, so I can't kind of go with that. Um, you know, I'm just gonna kind of uh, go with the flow. But it's kind of where it's there's a lot of stuff they left out in certain aspects, and it doesn't. The creation lore tells us about other places, and it tells us about Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil is one of those ones that nobody, nobody, even the gods don't know when how old the tree is. Um, but it's the other ones; they're just already there. <clears> they <throat> they just you know. The three guys that uh Gelfi is talking to and Snorri's Ida is um, they're just describing things that are already there and what lives there
0: yeah because you know it just kind of makes you think like you know I mean god I've watched so many of those random ancient alien things talking about the Norse uh-huh. gods to, right. <laughs> to the point where it's just kind of like you know maybe it could happen
1: <laughs> i to the point where I just watch it for the hair.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just like aliens.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, like... it's like, alright, well can't describe this fucking cow licking salt in the universe. Damn aliens.
0: I just, some, where I'm standing at, I guess, on my theory is because we all, we, you know, my theory is not a gospel or anything, so don't hold me 100% to this. It's just a concept that makes more sense to me is perhaps that they were on a landmass of some sort could be an asteroid who the hell knows Um, but they took the body of ymir and kind of packed it in to what they were already on and to have created midgard and because it says you know the teeth became rocks mountains obviously the blood became oceans rivers lakes and uh, they threw the brain up in the air that became the clouds and the skull became the sky. And Ymir's skull would be the lid that covered the new world. So they're speaking as, you know, that's these it. guys that's are...
1: That's what I was talking about. That's the um, that's the section where the four dwarves hold it up. Yep. That's my bad. <laughs> That'd be the world's <laughs> And
0: then it said that the brothers grabbed some of the sparks shooting out of Muspelheim, the land of fire, and they grew the sparks or minute, and they threw the sparks up toward the inside of the skull and these sparks gleamed at night and this is what we call the stars. and on the plains of Idvil uh, they built Asgard which would be the home of the gods very far away from Asgard in a place called Jotunheim was where the giants were allowed to live so if you look at it from these notes, it gets really confusing because it makes it seem like Asgard is here. <laughs> like, you. You know? Yeah, I mean that's basically what it's saying. It's just if, like,
1: you the, if you read the prose, Snorri makes the assumption or makes the the decree, I guess you could say, that Odin is from Troy. So he just his own desires to live somewhere else, so he travels to travels to the northern lands, and that's where he makes this kingdom. <clears throat> so that's kind of where we gotta t- we, we gotta kind of like draw the line of what's.
0: I mean, and I've heard I've heard outlandish things like there's an Asgard Asia, uh, like you know, and it's a mountain somewhere in Asia, and. Uh, there's you know there's even tales of Odin traveling through Asia so I mean you know some people think oh you no know, there's a possibility I mean, I don't do they? Know. yeah I mean I mean it could be there I mean because they don't give a definitive area where he could where the gods are where they whatever but another interesting thing that I, I can tie into this is like in the wisdom of Odin channel I don't know if you've seen the episode yet he came out with called uh, Bragi um But throughout some of the sources, it hints that Bragi was human, but he was still a son of Odin and just became a god later on. And was when he found Edun in in the woods and she took him to the gods and the gods allowed him to become a god and live in Asgard. So it would make sense if maybe Asgard was somewhere near Midgard because that's how the gods are seen so much here. And you know, uh but the gods were always seen near forests or mountains the most. So I mean it would make a little sense.
1: Um sure. But it's it's going back to your statement about um Odin going being in Asia. It's like fucking duh man. Any <laughs> he's the dude disappeared to wander in exile and stuff like that and find and in search of wisdom wherever he could why the hell not go, exactly. to different, go to different parts of places that you know you can go and learn different things look at all the different philosophies and ideals that come out of Asia that are different from <clears throat> Europe, Germanic Europe and Scandinavia and even ours even though America is a melting pot of mutts you know, and yep. Americans. So why, why the hell would anyone be surprised if hey, you know, he was here one time. You know, had some sushi, yeah. <laughs> talked some people. Left. I mean, what the? What the that's
0: not well, profound at all. I mean, because if you look in the stories, <clears throat> Odin met with kings, and that were actually, according to the stories, were his kids, and he gave them these kingdoms as a gift to his children and because he had various human children on earth Um, which is was a pretty interesting because I mean I've done family research done family history and on my side of the family I went down and it's like oh this guy King uh, Skull I think his name was the king of Denmark oh he was the son of Odin and Odin gifted him this land Um, you know you don't know if that's true or you don't know if that's just somebody like you know, maybe it is true, maybe it's not. Who knows? Because the gods have had so many kids, and with various people.
1: And also, it's like people who, people in those times who do, who did great things, um, sometimes were given the idea that they were children of, the, you know, children of a god of a god. You we saw that a lot in Greek and Roman mythos. You um, saw that in the Vikings TV show. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> Ragnar claimed to be the son of Odin. Which is all well and good. Um, who knows? Um, but it's it's very common, especially like for someone who's kind of trying to beef up their their appearance to people, trying to, I guess, be more than what they are. It's easy to be like, well, I've done this, so I must be the son of blah, blah, blah. You know? So it's kind of what like it is. There's no real way of knowing you know, there could have been a guy walking around whose name was Odin because his dad named him Odin. Whatever, I've recently met a kid who actually passed away. Um, his name was Odin. So... Why yeah, it were, is possible. Why weren't people named after gods like they are and people do now so easily, mm-hmm. even back then?
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So i got a part here actually about the dwarves, Uh, it says the dwarves came into existence while Odin and his brothers were in the progress of creating the new world from the body parts of the giant Ymir. Worms kept crawling out of the rotting remains and these worms would become dwarves because the three brothers Odin, Billy, and Bey were afraid that the sky would fall down. Uh, They told the four of the dwarves to hold up the sky and they were sent out in each direction of the world. <clears throat> the name of the four dwarves were north, west, south, and east. Um... There you go. Which, which is Nordi, Vestri, Sundry, and Ostry. Uh The rest of the dwarves made their homes in rocks and caves under the ground, uh, which is called Svartalfheim, and the home of the dwarves, and they became experts in craftsmanship, and they have created some of the most powerful magical weapons, like Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, and beautiful jewel Um... Which is interesting, because if they're here, that means that spar- time is, you know, the way it's being described here is like, it's actually underground here, <laughs> like, yeah. you, you know? So it's just like you're walking through the woods, all of a sudden, boom, there's a dwarf, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, you can follow hole near another world. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's what it sounds like, to be honest. It, I mean, I would hate to say it, but it kind of sounds from the descriptions I've read in all these stories and all these books is that, you know, all the realms exist here, but, you know, obviously I kind of view it as if perhaps they exist in more of a cosmological aspect, like obviously Muspelheim could be the sun. Um, you know, all these other planets. We used to have nine planets. I don't know if Pluto finally became one again. Who knows? Look, I still I thought...
1: count Pluto as a planet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've actually found out it was bigger than what they thought, so...
1: Yeah, you know, damn that whole moon thing. I'm an I'm a 80s, 90s kid. Pluto will always be a planet.
0: Yeah, that's the way I was always taught. We had nine planets. Um, but, you know, you have to look at it in this aspect. <laughs> There's nine realms, so... Yeah, You know,
1: perhaps each one of these are planets You know, who knows If you um, think about it, Nine shows up quite a bit Everywhere
0: Oh yeah Yeah, it definitely does um, You know It's just, you know, you have these people Who want to ask, you know, and believe Like, okay, is all the realms here on Earth Do I believe they are? Uh, they could be but do I believe that there's possibly a way to travel to these other planets hidden within this planet? Of course, because the gods have to
1: obviously travel through a lot. Um, I, I kind of have that same ideal, honestly. I mean, I've, I've seen too much to just be able to just write it off as like, oh, you gotta go some, somewhere else. But, I mean, look at the Bifrost. The Bifrost obviously connects somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. But who's to say it's not we're not talking interdimensional travel at this point you know yeah I
0: mean not that I'm aware of you know um, I mean there's several stories like you look back at a lot of these villages like I think in Peru I could be wrong there was like a a guy running from someone and ran into this weird cut shape in a rock and boom he vanished Um, and they said oh that was the gate to the gods you know maybe there's you know the, the gods possess such a magical ability that there's no telling what they can do
1: yeah I mean look at the um, uh, look at the Irish or the celts with uh, the fey and stuff like that like how you know going in certain holes and stuff will uh take you into the world of the fey and it's probably not the place you want to go as a human
0: you know and this and it's something that I've studied it's like We wouldn't know the truthfulness of any of this because as a modern society, we don't spend all our time in nature like our ancestors did. Like they didn't have TV, they didn't have phones, they didn't have any of that. So they were always out exploring and seeing things. I think that their minds were more receptive uh, to being able to just accept really what was in front of them instead of like oh well i don't know about that let me google it like you know and get a thousand different opinions all at once um it's just like i feel like we as a modern day we shut ourselves off um from being able to even perceive things of this nature um <clears throat> which is pretty interesting because i've heard stories like what you mentioned like you know the Celts talked about like oh there's a you know, if you walk into a hollow of a tree, it'll take you to, uh, you know, this realm. Um, and it's pretty cool if you look at it like that.
1: I believe it's called Oak
0: I think so. I think I've heard that. That sounds about right. But, <clears throat> so we'll touch here on the first humans. Um, so, one day Odin and his two brothers, Veily and Ve, walked on a beach and there they found two logs. One was from Ash Tree, the other one was from Elm. And Odin gave the logs spirit and life. And Ve gave them movement and intelligence. And Vili gave them shape, speech, feelings, and five senses. And the first two humans had been created. And the man was given the name Ask. And the woman was given the name Embla. And the Aesir decided that humans should live in a place called Midgard. Which to me, their jump obviously skipped a whole lot. Because where did they find these people at? <laughs> one, you know, they're, they're walking on a the beach, they found two logs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then they told them they should live in Midgard, but at the same time, how did they get here is the kind of question. You know, and so and what's really cool is like, you know, I get asked, you know, it's like, the one was from Ash, the other one was from Elm. So are we really created from trees? And I have to ask that myself, asking question like you know, do I believe it would come from trees? Well, if you scientifically rip out the human nervous system, it looks like the roots of a tree.
1: It does. Um, they do.
0: You know, and, it's, and we are kind. We actually possess every element that is found on the earth within our bodies. Um, so, do I think that we came from trees? I'm not going to say 100%. I maybe agree with that. I, you just have to kind of take it as what it is um, you know but the the fact that Odin gave us spirit and life he breathed essence into us and that's where if you want to view it as like yeah you know are we sons of Odin technically we kind of are because he created us and created our our existence um, so that's kind of like his first step as the all-father the creator of the world really the time that you really see that present and who he
1: is as far as the stories go. Yeah. I think he, he gets the, uh, he gets to shine a lot more than his brothers in that aspects because it was, it was all three of them that had a hand in it. Um, mm. but I think because they just, dis- they disappear so long in the lore and, and the happenings of, of, The world they kind of they kind of fade away until they reappear and what's
0: interesting what's interesting is odin didn't you know it wasn't just uh, vey and billy that was odin's brothers he also had honir which was another brother of his um but you don't hear about him until the war of the aesir and the vonir um that's the only time he gets brought up um yeah. And he was, and he, I think he was like the most fearful of the god, or feared of the gods or something like that. But he they viewed him. He disappears altogether. Yeah. He's just, here he is, he's gone. You know, it's like, you get like a little poof, here he is. Uh, but he's like the god of the swamp or something like that. I think that's what he's associated with. Um, <laughs> and he, and, yeah. And so, and he's huge and, you know, everybody's afraid of him because he's like the, the one god you should fear the most
1: type of thing. Um, I guess swamp would be a bad thing back then, I guess.
0: I mean, I'm not, I, they, like I said, it's, it's like there's so many gods and goddesses that don't have enough information on them. Um, you know, you have like Eir and Ran, you have their daughters. Um, then you have uh, Kavasir. you don't know much about him. Um, mead. Yeah. You just know him as he died to give you the mead of poetry.
1: Yeah. And like um, you get reference from you get reference of the guys that kill him every once in a while um, yeah. I said nice kill him anyway or do- were the dwarves? I can't remember yeah. but they killed him and um, they pop up every once in a while. It might just be my imagination but there was reference like I thought that was one.
0: I know kavasir shows up again uh, in the stories which is kind of interesting because he dies to create the meat of poetry. But Kavasser shows up once again to help capture Loki to um, bind him into cave, because he's the one that gave him, helped him solve the mystery of the net. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a lot. You know, I mean, I'm not sure how much Snorri didn't translate because of fear of you know losing his livelihood, or how yeah,
1: much. A lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that's missing and, you know, I think that's just kind of where we just, you know, as time goes on, I know that more stuff surfaces, like, I guarantee you six, seven years ago, you probably wouldn't be able to find anything on the goddess Air, er, or Ayr, or Ran, or their daughters or any no. of that, um, but now you're able to find it because the more that the, you know, the archeological the society and everybody goes out and Hold this stuff and they learn more based on their gigs. I mean there could be more records out there. Um, and, you know we just have to wait and see. But you know, it's just that's that's an interesting concept, man. I mean do I do so I think this is where the question is gonna lie. It's like do we believe that the nine realms exist on MediCard or around it or do we believe or within it or do we believe that they are planetary
1: Uh, I'm not going to go with planetary <laughs> I don't want to get in the uh, Marvel ancient, <laughs> yeah the Marvel side or the ancient aliens thing right now Oh, I mean,
0: it could be who, possible. I mean, if you view it from a Marvel aspect, I mean, that's the only thing I think that they really had that could maybe be very kind of true. But, you know, at the same time, yeah, you know, every all the stories speak as if all this is being created while they're standing on a piece of land that became Midgard, which is interesting. Um, so it's just kind of where, you know, we kind of end up with more questions than we did when we started.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, they got they, there's a lot of that. There's a lot to gets uh, created at this point. You know, you get uh, you get night and her Sunday. You know, mm-hmm. and the horses that go along with their chariots, and, and there's just so much. Like it's gonna be, it, like it would be literally, you take two three hours to cover everything in depth. Um, but that's where you get moon, uh, the moon and sun and then all of a sudden you get wolves. Yeah, you have Fenrir's children skull. the but Fenrir's supposedly not around right now. Hmm. So you get a... It talks about... Um... Let me find it. Hang on. Because
0: you got the horses... Cream Foxy and Skin Foxy, which is uh, rhyme. I think rhyme main, and the other one I don't remember. I think it's Shining or something.
1: Um. Yeah, and right here it starts with the sun always seems to be in a great hurry, and you know that because she is chased by Skull, the wolf who is always snapping and growling close behind her. In the end, he will re- he will catch her, and the wolf that races in front of the sun is Hoty he is after moon and will run him down in the end both wolves are son of an aged giantess who lived in ironwood east of midgard see there's no talk of Fenris as being any part of their lineage and they're just randomly there they don't talk about where there's no talk about where these some of these entities come from so there's a shit ton already here and then we're the last thing to come along
0: yeah, because in all the sources I've read, because where I drew all these sources from was uh, S'morey Storos the Prose Edda, uh, first edition, and then there's a third edition, and then there is the Poetic Edda by Liam Hollander, which is where I pulled all this from. Um, and, you know, it, it ends the same, the first humans, and then all of a sudden, boom, Here, it's like, here you go, you know the rest. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but the, you know, there's so much more that happened in the existence before us that, you know, it's like, you know, obviously there was other galaxies, there's other everything. If you want to really view it as a further, deeper thought, like, you know, you have Muspelheim and you have the Niflheim, so it makes you wonder, like, before the giants did anything, live on this you know, um, because if I remember correctly, uh, Nephilim becomes a place of punishment in the afterlife. That's the form, yeah. I believe it's the form of it. So, you know, because I think, isn't that the place where the place um, woodbreakers go? Yeah, and, and the grass yeah. is like razors and, you know, the mist is poison. Um, you know, so it it kind of makes you curious. Because, I mean, if you look at it from, okay, uh, I know probably a lot of people, um, you know, know what Viking, the the TV show Vikings, everybody's watched it, I'm sure, at this point. Um, Floki goes through and he sees, like, Asgard being here, and he sees Nephilim being here, and Hell being here, you know, so you're kind of, like, left to wonder. It's just, like, what's the most popular belief in the Eddas and the stories?
1: I mean, with the, with the the landscapes and stuff that you can find, um, you can find all aspects of what is said to be part of the nine worlds. Um yeah. But I, I'm I'm also one of those people like when it comes down to it, um, I'll figure it all out in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's also gonna kind of fall in our lap anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I believe that they're there. But I don't believe that' planetary. I believe that it's more of a dimensional kind of thing. There's ways to get to these places um, It's kind of like you know interdimensional travel, stuff like that. you know we hear a lot about that in the in the fringe science and stuff like that. but i would I find it easier to deal with, to handle it that way than planetary or sitting right in my backyard kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, because
0: if you view it, yeah, it's like, you know, the gods can be there without you seeing them. And granted, they shape shift. So that's another thing that we do. It's just, I don't think we, like, that would take us a while to even figure that one out. But, um, you know, the times that there's gods that can be there, but we don't see them. It would make sense for them to be, like, dimensional. Like, you know, they can be here, see us clearly, but there's, like, a thin line that they can walk interdimensionally. I mean, I'm not sure. It's just, you know, you could go on and on and on and drive yourself crazy about this type of theory. But, you know, um, I don't want to get my head into that because my head is way too technical, and I would be like, yeah, I wouldn't sleep. I'd be looking like the dude from Ancient Aliens by the time I was done.
1: Right. Well, it's like I I look at it this way. People, you know, you look at all these creation myths and war and, you know, even, even in Christianity mythos, like people even ask, like you know how? How do you believe like that verbatim? And I don't. Think anyone actually believes the stuff verbatim when it comes to creation. Because in this day, in our day and age, like if I had no stock in science, then I would be like, yeah, this is exactly how it was done. But I have yeah. I too much stock in science to just be able to just do that.
0: Um, I think that the reason why the stories are mentioned the way they are is because. People back then, during the time that the codex regis and everything was written, they didn't know all the science, you know, scientific explanations. So they just had to describe it the best way they could. Exactly. Um, and that's and that's what I think is where you know a lot of people fall into. It. It's like, do I think that there was literally a cow? No, but you know, they, I'm not saying that there couldn't have been. You know, um, somewhere there probably was. Yeah, I mean, and if, if my if my theory that they were on the landmass that later became Midgard, it happened. Then you know it's possible because we still have cows. But like, yeah. you know, who knows? I mean, it's just it's one of those things where you know you leave it up to um, just chuck it up to faith. You know, it's like if you look at it in the you know the, the mainstream religion aspect. You know, uh, we were created from dirt. And you know, given life, and or and then one man created a woman out of his rib, et cetera, et cetera.
1: So, you we well, have to look at evolution as well. Like you, you, you make the statement. This is just the, the biggest thing. Is we come from trees. Yeah. Evolution has us uh, evolving from apes. Yeah. And someone I was talking to years ago, they were like, "That's how it makes sense." Like apes came from trees, we supposedly came from trees. There you have it. Uh, I looked at him. And I was like, I see where you're coming from, and get <laughs> it, trust me. But as an oversimplification of the whole process. Yeah, yeah
0: it is. You know, or yeah, the one who
1: I see what you're trying to do, and I was. I just told him. I was like, I, I'm partially with you. There's this little. There's little problems in it for me.
0: Yeah, there's there's a little more that needs to be explained.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but I'm also one of those people who believes in evolution. But I also believe in evolution because of order and chaos in our universe because without with evolution is change. Without if you need change, there has to be chaos. mm
0: -hmm. Chaos That's what what Loki represents. See what? That's what Loki represents,
1: of course. So that's why you know, Loki is who he is. Is what he's done what he's done. But the change has to happen because there's there's a balance that needs to happen. And An interesting thing... The chaotic energy causes change, i.e. evolution.
0: Um, in chaos comes order, is what the Greeks always said.
1: Well, you know, I mean, and they, were, they, they weren't... They were some of the smartest motherfuckers on the planet They still are considered that way. So... Yeah. They're not... What's, so-
0: it, what's interesting is, too... Um, a theory I've I've watched is, you know, the death of Balder is it possible that that was you know, done on purpose because Odin knew that if chaos wasn't erupted if everything didn't go like this, then there would be no Ragnarok. If Balder was alive and, you know uh, and then Ragnarok happens he ain't gonna be here to come back and perfect all of the eternities and recreate everything. Um, you know, so I think Balder was killed on purpose and was allowed to die on purpose because maybe there was some kind of thing between Odin and Loki that said, hey, this needs to happen to secure that things will be done
1: right. Um, well, you know, And that, that's an interesting theory. You know, I was like, that's, yeah. I mean, that's definitely within the realms of possibility. You know, especially
0: the way Loki and Odin are with
1: each other so yeah. you never know <laughs> I just talk over that it's just they're gods for a reason
0: yeah I mean everything none of this is ever going to fully make 100% sense to anyone you know even mainstream religion people still question it as simplified as it can be so
1: okay. um, the, last, the the last little thing on the creation lore that I know is, and this is the one that you know, makes it it hits me, I guess, because it's it talks about Yggdrasil. Without Yggdrasil, we wouldn't have any of this. Um, and it talks about the, the placement and what, you know, what runs around in the tree. And all that has happened in all the regions of the world lie under the branches of, of the ash Yggdrasil. Grits and the trees. It soars all over it soars over all that that is its three roots delve into Asgard, Jotunheim, and Niflheim. and there is a spring under each. A hawk and eagle sit in it, a squirrel scurries up and down it. Deer leap within and nibble at it, a dragon devours it, and it is sprinkled with dew. It gives life to itself. It gives life to to the unborn. <clears throat> the winds whirl around it, and Yggdrasil groans and groans and groans. Yggdrasil always was, and is, and will be. That yeah. to me, that to me is one of the absolutes. You know yeah,
0: it's you? like it's like no matter what happens, uh, Yggdrasil will always be there.
1: With the, and with that there is a lot more detail to go into what, ha, what the happenings within the Yggdrasil like between the, the hawk and the eagle the squirrel the eagle and the squirrel goes and runs up and down the tree talking shit to the eagle <laughs> and, and the dragon at the bottom devours the dead yeah and it it, it it all causes pain towards the tree you know even the the little the little deer that are flying around, um, and there's in Snorri's eaters there's there's talk of all s- sorts of different creatures running around it, causing it pain and discomfort. But it at the end of the day, Yggdrasil was, is, and will be. That's that's to me that is an absolute.
0: Oh, yeah. and I mean, and that's true where the norns are is at the base of the tree where yeah, the wells
1: are. They're the ones that split with with the the well. Which is to do, that just what to do, and give it life. You know, it helps sustain itself.
0: And the gods meet there often at the at the yeah. wells and the streams and everything, and discuss uh, meetings and have various things. But what's interesting is it's like too. You have to understand is like Odin hung himself from the World Tree and was able to peer down. And if you look at it in the structure of the tree, obviously the Norns at the bottom it would make sense how he peered down into the well and, uh, you know,
1: understood the runes. Yeah. But, it's, um... Because there's a lot of theories attached, and uh, Brian Wilton talks about it quite a bit. Um, his belief and I, and what he kind of gets from the lore about talking about Odin giving himself to himself. And he's on that verge of just dying and stuff like that, and, you know, what he what he does to get the runes, and it's one of the he has a simple you know not like a layman's interpretation but he can read it and then he can put it into two words and phrases and make make it better palatable for some people oh.
0: i mean if you look if you, if you give yourself into yourself that's like you know i kill myself almost and I'm giving myself because I'm taking my life by my hands so it's like I gave myself to myself um or I'm the one the reason why I'm ending this life <clears throat> but Odin basically you know was on the verge of death um and so and he did it to himself so it could have been viewed as very similar you know uh, he yeah. hung himself and stabbed himself <laughs> so uh you know, and then on the verge of death, he was able to receive enlightenment. Um, you know, and a lot of sh- shamans actually develop that after close death. Uh, I, know,
1: think a lot, I think a lot of people do. <laughs> you know, uh, you know near death experiences.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would definitely make sense. Um, I mean, you know, that's one theory. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that's source material but it's just it's one way of looking at it i guess um and because and he also didn't eat he didn't drink um you know and once again you know for what was it nine whole days yeah you know the number nine returns um you know so there's a significance to the number nine i've actually i think there's a video about that Uh, i want to I don't want to say there is and be wrong, but I've heard it explained like the definitive number for nine in, in the Norse pantheon. Um, there was years ago.
1: I haven't seen yeah. it. Before.
0: Yeah, I, I need to find it. Because um, to, to me, I think it was pretty unique, um, especially a really good explanation. But, but yeah, I mean, that's a lot to
1: take in. So that's a lot to mull over. There's a lot of um, things, and but there's so much more. Like we just scratched the surface on, on the the creation lore, and I know we got off tangents and stuff like that. But the, in discussions, that's kind of going to happen. But oh, yeah. I recommend anyone wanting to learn a lot about creation, the Pro Zeta is the best place to start, and it is literally like the like the first chapter or whatever is, you know he goes and asks all these questions and the answers are all there and it describes everything um, and you can take from it what you will
0: yeah and the Volspa and the Volspa well has some of the details but I think it's the basic details that we know of already um, but what you're saying yeah that definitely would explain a little more um, yeah the Volspa
1: is is, uh, is definitely referenced in it and then uh, Har, one of the guys that he is talking to, um, says, "As it is said in the Valspa, you know, stuff like that. That's that kind of phrasing is, it happens uh, a lot there. Um, so you can look at that book if you just want to go jump right into certain chat, certain books and stuff like that. But I would recommend uh, the prose or poetic Ida, and you'll get a shit ton of information.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean some of the some of the sources I read from is I like have um, Norse Myths by Martin Daudry. Um I have the Artross series. Um, I don't even think that even tells you who wrote them, to be quite honest. <laughs> Let's see, I can tell you the authors. I think it's uh, a collection. Kevin Dolph Gunderson is the name of the guy who wrote it. Um, and then Sounds it like comes the in list. two series. Yeah. <laughs> It comes uh, in two series, uh, history and lore, and Volume 2 is Living the Troth, which tells you basically uh, rituals and various uh, different things you need to know. Uh, there's also an addition, to uh, the Sagas of Giants and Heroes. Um, I've got that, and it's uh, translated by Ben Wagner. And then Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythologies, is good. Um, if you're looking for like a storyteller aspect of the, you know, of all the myths, um, there is I feel some embellished parts, but uh, it is what it is. Then I have the Viking myths and sagas um, by Rosalind Curvin. That's what I have, and then I got Jackson Crawford's Edda's on the way. They finally shipped, so I might. On oh, yeah.
1: That's best one. That's one I wanted to uh, to look at, but I figured. If I get my hands on something by Snorri, I can kind of start with that because I'm kind of late to the party with the Edas, sadly.
0: <laughs> most big of here and there. I haven't picked up the as, <clears throat> I mean, most of you know I'm guilty about doing it. I, I mean, I, I have a PDF version that I read, <laughs> you know. Uh, Is Jackson Crawford has a way better translation from some of the stuff I've heard and seen. Um, so I am wanting to wait till I get a hold of his, because his, I think, habit is more of an an understandable translation uh, versus uh, some of the other texts I've read. Um, Some people, you know, can trip you up with the way a sentence is worded and, you know, he's pretty fluent about pushing through. I got his audio book, so technically I do have the edits. Um, It's just not readable, it's just, Listenable, so or audible.
1: teaching. <laughs> so that's what I do. Like I listen to more things now because it's, with my life and my training and stuff like that, it's, it's hard for me to sit down and actually read a book at, to length. So driving to and from work in two places and stuff like that, just I listen to I listen to books. Yeah, and I don't well, do it with all of them, but on some of them, it's just easier that way. But my book is very special. But I plan on using for source material kind of deal.
0: Neil Gaiman's uh, Norse Mythology I had on audio. And because I work a lot out and like I have a lot of windshield time, um, I was able to listen to it. And the way he storytells it, like he changes his voice for each character and it's very like, it pulls you in. Um, and it was pretty unique I liked it a lot enough to buy the book um, so I mean I would recommend people downloading the uh, audiobook from Neil Gaiman's um, Norse mythology I think it was really cool um, and it's a good thing there is some language uh, that if you have kids that you try to shield them from bad language uh, I would advise you to kind of you know skip past certain parts but
1: other than that, it's pretty straightforward and pretty fun story for kids, I would say. Yeah, he definitely, <sighs> did, a, he definitely did a good job on it, I think. And parts of it is pretty good, uh, introductory. Um my buddy let me listen to tidbits bits of his that he got on Audible before I even thought about messing with it. And uh it I like the way he tells the stories, um and put a, he put a lot of effort into it and I think that's missing in some of the stuff nowadays
0: yeah that's definitely and I think he also came out with another one um based around the Norse gods uh I want to say it has actually to do with creation
1: I would say in gods book that is
0: now a show so the next episode as far as a topic what do you think we do you, know, you have any ideas I, th- I thought about four maybe but um you know the listeners could maybe have a poll or do you have any ideas
1: i think we should leave it up to the people on the facebook page and everywhere else who can email us exactly the most common topic brought up and i think we should go from there um again sorry about all the rambling we kind of do that as part of open discussion
0: (laughs) Yes, I mean, you know, uh, what could, I mean, it's just, like I said before, It's I tried to take it off script a lot and just make it to where people just kind of sit down like they're with us, you know, as family or friends and just listen to us talk back and forth about ideas. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, it's basically just. Me and as well was basically like two heathens chatting on, on a couch, you know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's just kind of the vibe I wanted to give. It's just a, a chilled, relaxed thing. Um, I'm also going to um, start downloading the podcast as we do them, kind of mush them together and try to make, like, visualized YouTube videos. Um, and so that way, you know, some people who don't like to use Spotify or Anchor whatever, uh, they can look it up on YouTube and have like a really cool flight visual- like, visualization. Um, so with this one, I'm going to actually take some pictures of the creation, various little photos of the source material we're talking about, and have it like kind of cycle through it, um, so people can kind of get a visual uh, along with what we're talking about uh, to kind of get us a YouTube thing, so we can do like maybe some live streams, me and you, uh, some. You know, Skype chats between
1: me and you that we could just upload.
0: Yeah, I was about um, to say there's a way
1: to do that, but um, I mean, you can have more than two people floating around on it too. Some um, sort of program, I can't remember. Um, I see it, I see it all the time with discussions between athletes and stuff. But I think I it's not- Zoom? I think it's Zoom. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I think that's what those people are using. I could be wrong, but
1: there's a way to record it on YouTube at the same time you're doing a Zoom. So. There's, a, there's that, I just need, um, a, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Everything's linked to uh, the memeers. as well, email, the YouTube channel is, so all that's linked. Um, we would just have to download the app for Zoom and create the accounts and record it. Um,
1: yeah. And the laptop, our laptops just crapped out, so I'm trying to get a, another laptop, so I don't have to keep doing all this stuff on my phone
0: mine is a little fishy it's been acting weird but i don't know if it's the wi-fi or my pc at this point um but at least i have the stuff now to uh take our podcast chop it up uh add some cool music some maybe some ambience music behind our discussions and uh throw it up on youtube um it gives me a lot more freedom uh especially now um because, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure our earlier podcasts, so many people could probably have heard, like, you know, either my voice will cut out, your voice will cut out, or the call will just drop. Or <laughs> or oh, something. yeah. Uh, and, and feedback. And, you know, I think in my earlier stuff, way back in the day, I think, like, you know, car alarms would always go off. Uh, (laughs) something of that sort Uh, it was actually never filled every time I did a podcast I think back in the past somebody's car alarm near me would just go off uh, for no reason Um, I think it was Loki just blame it all on him Um, but yeah so definitely we'll leave it up to the listeners so if anyone has a topic uh, shoot us an email at Mimir's well podcast at gmail.com or message us on the facebook um all the links are provided in the podcast descriptions uh also check out our patreon account uh so that way you can get some maybe some exclusive content um you know some personal chats between me and brandon uh and i think on the top tier now there's actually a really badass t-shirt for Mimir as well so if you want a t-shirt you know, sign up for the top tier, get the t-shirt. Uh, and I think there's a, a car sticker, like a bumper sticker on one other one. And, but if you sign up for the top tier, I think you get the t-shirt and the sticker. so you can have so you can have the shirt and have a really cool sticker for your or your car or whatever you want to put it on laptop, what have you. Um, it keeps us doing what we do. The way we can get better equipment and get our names for the podcast out there a little better and provide more quality content um, for everything um, so yeah definitely uh, if y'all have any questions in the meantime feel free to reach us reach out to us through the email uh, through the Facebook um, that's where we actually get all our topics uh, or we get a lot of questions like hey what type of books would you recommend etc uh, etc cetera, et cetera. so we try to stay pretty engaged uh, with our listeners, so yep. uh, we, we we appreciate everyone. Where as I checked it today, we are at 4,000 listens, so we are growing strong. Uh, and we I didn't imagine this to ever take off like this. I don't know about you, but
1: like, no, uh, you much, know, it, this is much of a ramble.
0: Yeah, I mean, but people I'm assuming people like it. They're right. They like the you know the the realness of it, so to speak. Um, It's not scripted. Um, When I pop a beer and I give it to the gods, you hear it in the background. (laughs) uh, It's just, you know, it's real. I want people to feel like they're here and they're with us. Um, uh, I advise everyone to to reach out to kindreds, uh, reach out to other Norse pagans in your areas. uh, Try to, you know, spend some time with them. Get to, you know, feel the uh, presence of the gods as a kinship. And spoke. folk. Um, any advice from you on that, man? Or
1: um, I, I agree. Uh, do that. That's definitely, it definitely feels good when you're around people of like mind and heart. Um, but definitely don't jump into it with all four feet, and, you know, test the waters so you can find out what people are about before you exactly. know, wholeheartedly commit because as we all know there are definitely some some bad eggs out there and you definitely if, if you're trying to keep a good name don't you don't want your you don't want to be part of some stuff so just wade into the water but just be cautious
0: I think the Hoffa Mall even tells us to be cautious um, you know And but if we do find someone or, of who are good people and, you know visit them often is what we're instructed to do Yep. Um, gift them, you know, gift for a gift, um, you know, and just spend time with the gods. Go out and go on a hike. Um, I know that quarantine has got everybody crazy, all the stuff on the news, everything else. Uh, but here at Memer as well, we just like to focus on the gods. That's what keeps us going. And just say, you know what, we know what's going to happen anyway. So, Pretty much. You know, you know, I'm just waiting for the harsh winters at this point. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, I really am. Uh, when they were like, oh, yeah, earthquakes near the volcano, I was like, that's 40 years of darkness. That's Ragnarok prediction. Let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yes.
1: I'm so, I'm so hot, I'd, I'd love to have an extra long winter. <laughs>
0: yeah it's it's blistering um i think a lot of listeners don't know exactly where we're from um i'm from alabama like the very south alabama like yeah it's hot even in december we're wearing shorts and can go to a lake um brandon's in north carolina he's better than me because
1: he at least gets a little bit of a winter. <laughs> yeah but we got we got that humidity that just i walk out at 5 30 in the morning. To go to work and it's already 82 degrees and you feel like you're breathing in water is so thick with humidity it's just it's miserable
0: I remember that but when I was up there it was like I think around October and on through December so I wasn't up there in the heat so I actually got
1: to enjoy it being cold um, it gets a little cold it' it don't do like it used to and I will I will say that it, we used to actually actually have some like almost below twenty degree weather, but now it's like oh, you're lucky to get thirty five.
0: Yeah, I mean, and what's really cool is I just remembered this: what the people who listen to us on here get is basically what me and you used to do all the time. Like we would go walking, and we would just talk about the gods, talk about everything. And so we have been able to kind of bring our listeners into those walks, so to speak, yeah. uh, and let them hear them conversations, and you know gain a lot of insight. Because a lot of what I know, from the very beginning, from scratch, came from this guy right here. I didn't know it. He t- he did. He just kind of told me all about it as we went along. And <clears throat> so he's the founding reason. If you want to get technical for all of this, so.
1: I, I I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I,
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just you know, this us talks, man. You know, we, and then now we we'll get to share it with other people, which is really badass. It's like you
1: know, and we'll, and bring, I, I wholeheartedly hope they enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yep. Because this is some of the things I, I enjoy do talking about that, and I love teaching people how to lift. Um, you know, they. They say that those who can't do, or or those who can't teach, let me, let me fix that, those who can't teach, but I'm still able, but I still love to teach. And I still love to talk about this, you know, what little bit I do know, I'm still scratching the surface after a decade plus.
0: You know, that's the interesting thing about all this is it's continuous learning, where we're never gonna know everything. Um, You know, it's and that's where this gets more and more interesting is that there's so many different books and so many different ideas and concepts that we can pull
1: from. Oh, yeah. Um, Everybody who writes a book has a different concept, and uh, it it affects the lore, affects them a different way. And then, luckily enough, we got people who are willing to put it down on paper or make videos about it and stuff like that. So you get all, like if one if one person ideals of, you don't gel with very well he, there's someone like down the line that you know i feel this you know i just this, this speaks to me a little yeah, bit more I mean, than it, this
0: it's like um you know there's various different youtube channels now you have uh, midgard musings you have um, jackson crawford has his own channel now you have Ari harder
1: yeah brian um, wilton have- has a has a youtube um, he has something every Sunday called uh, Foundations of Faith then um, he uploads it to to YouTube um, he does it on Zoom and stuff like that <clears throat> so there's a lot of people who can be on there and listen and he has an open discussion at the end with questions of whatever he's talking about which that in itself is pretty damn cool
0: yeah definitely and then you have um, <clears throat> Wisdom of Odin Um, Jacob on there I watch him Uh, he kind of helped me go through a lot of stuff with his videos and I actually talked to him Uh, and it's really funny um, because the day I did uh, the Odin and the hardships of life podcast uh, me and him actually started messaging back and forth because he just got through explaining the very exact same thing to one of his friends uh, so, uh, it was just, it was pretty cool because it shows you how real the gods are when we all can come together and kind of get the same answer, um, uh, from various different things. Um, so, you know, that was a pretty cool concept. I think he may have mentioned that he's a listener of the channel. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I might have to go back and re-look that up, but, um, he's really cool. I recommend people check him out. Uh. Jesse with Midgard Musings, I uh, recommend him too. Uh, he's actually done a show with us before. I um, say
1: we did a show with that cat. He was a pretty cool dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Jesse is really cool, man. Uh, so he was, he was really good. He's very insightful, especially out on his channel and everything too. Um, there's also another podcast actually too. Uh, but they do mainly readings from the Havamal and the Volspa, and they're called Northern Myths Podcast. I listen to them. They're pretty good as well. I've stumbled on them
1: a couple times.
0: Yeah, so they're really good. Uh, So I'd recommend people check them out too. But, you know, we appreciate all of our listeners. We appreciate everything y'all do. And, you know, we're humbled by how many people we do have listening to us. Um, And I think every day the Facebook page is growing and growing and growing because I think more of our listeners are starting to discover that we finally made one. (laughs) Uh, yeah so they're like hey they're finally they're finally you know progressing so um yeah it took me a while to finally get everything and figure out what i needed to do with all this um but now me and brendan we're engaged in this and uh going forward trying to answer people's questions if they have any so um and we're gonna try to have
1: guests on too like we're gonna you know, we try to communicate with people and have them part of our discussions and stuff, which I like because that gives us a different point of view.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and it's just like you know, invite them to go walking, so to speak. You yeah. know, let's just let's just have our discussion and enjoy it. And um,
1: and from the standpoint, like I know this might piss some people off or whatever, but you know, not all of them are going to be heathen. They're going to be from different walks of life. You know, exactly. I know, I know people who don't believe the same as me, but they they are intrigued by it. They understand it. They've loved it for years and years as a child and stuff like that. Just because they love story, you know, and every everybody loves a good story, and that's what they. But they also respect it enough as a belief system that we can talk about it. And also, exactly. I also respect these people enough that yes, they believe differently than me. Um, but we can talk about the, the differences and nobody gets butt hurt. And that's the biggest thing with the guests that I want to have, or we want to have that believe differently than we do. Is like, we can do these discussions.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, having other people who can view this from a different standpoint, who are not exactly part of our faith, that's, in, that's important. Um, Because a lot of people can find similarities and uh, sometimes a lot of people can answer our questions.
1: Uh, It's a a fresh set of eyes that's how I kind of look at it. I've been looking at the same pieces of paper for years now and it's just like, well, a different different person might find something I overlooked or be able to answer something through their interpretation better than I can.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know a a bunch of Wiccans who are very insightful. Um, Granted, they don't Fully wholeheartedly, some of them believe in the gods, but then again, Wiccans, I think they believe in like a universalism full of like, there's potentially all these gods do exist all at the same time. Um, You know, you have various different ideas, and you know, I'm very open to that. I I like to take it, I don't like to shut people down um, because of, you know, hey, you don't believe in the gods, so. You know, then I mean, you can't talk about stuff like this. So
1: I don't think uh, I don't think I'm naive enough to think that our pantheon is the only one there. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of I've always said it from the very beginning. Is like why do, why do people have to be wrong? Why can't why can't they be there? You know? Why? Yeah. And, and that's kind of and I'm gonna leave it at that because that's that's a whole different fucking can of worms. And I would love yeah. To have, yeah, I would love to have Tuck on the show um, he's, he's my Christian and uh, that's what I call him <laughs> and uh, he's he's actually one of the few ones that are would be considered crispy that I really get along with um, he's been to uh, seminary school and all that but he through life and, and experience and stuff he's gone to the universalism aspect like he goes you know I consider myself a Christian, but who am I to say anyone is wrong at this point because of how he believes he goes. Cause he know he's, he's like everyone else, you know, you read mythologies and stuff and like that is like, there's something to all of it. Oh yeah. And he, and he yep. points out, he's always told me about points of, you know where it talks about, you know, it's not excluding anyone. It's just saying A, B and C. So, and, and, if he ever comes on the show, I'll get him to explain it a little bit better. Um, but he's he's an interesting character, and he's a guy I respect quite a bit. Um,
0: I think also, it's like another... Uh, there was a question that was asked on a personal level, but it was about the podcast. It was, you know, what... Do, do we follow the... Uh, you know i don't know whose dog that is but do we follow the um folk only if it's not in your blood you can't follow the gods and we've done a podcast on that uh does dna really matter yeah um so i'd advise anybody to go back and listen to our ideas of that um you know odin's the all father not some father so (laughs) just kind of leave it there um you know because if he didn't want people of color and various races to not exist, he, if we—if you listen to our talk all the way through today, he created all of us. So, you know, they didn't make themselves. So <laughs> just, leave, just leave it as that. Um, yeah, you're right. And there's actually, um, there's a YouTube channel that actually talks about the DNA diversity and the Norse history. Um, so uh, you can go on YouTube and find that, uh, and you will hear that there's actually African American Vikings, um, and there's various different DNAs that actually made up a lot of the Norse ancestry. So,
1: um, I mean, towards the towards the, the end of the third, well, towards the 13th century, they made it. There's proof that they made it down to the Mediterranean, down to Morocco, shit like that. And about the time, I want to say about in between there. The 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 Moors were in were in Spain at that point. Yeah, the Moors. I
0: mean, and also, and also, I think in the editors, it talks about Attila the Hunt. I mean, he's not, you know, I think he was what Mongolian or something like that. I can't remember.
1: He's he's. I don't remember his base. I know I, I know I'd read it before, but I think, but he is the reason why Hungary is called Hungary. Um,
0: yeah. But. And he had a ton of children with a lot of people, um, so. Uh you know we can I think that was Genghis
1: Khan. You're mistaken. That is, that
0: is Genghis Khan, yeah, my bad. People have to understand I'm not an expert.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: I just tell my opinions on stuff, you know. My opinions are it's all we can exactly do. what it is. It's all we candid. Um, but yeah, man, I mean we appreciate everyone. Uh we appreciate y'all listening to us. Um You know, uh, definitely let us know what topics you want to hear more about. Um, I'm going to laugh if everybody says Thor, because it's actually on a clear night lightning out here, which is pretty cool. Um, So I feel like maybe he's kind of like, hey, talk about me, talk about me.
1: That's good. Uh,
0: Yeah, good to know. Good to know. (laughs) So if you all agree, then uh, let us know for sure. Um, Because basically a lot of our topics are fueled by you guys. Uh, your questions and everything so uh, but we appreciate everyone absolutely Um, and we look forward to talking with you guys next time Um, and um, stay safe don't you know go insane during this quarantine stuff find stuff to keep you busy pick up a hobby That's what I do You know, I just made a new rune set for like, you know, no reason, just because I, you know, I had a bunch of wood and I was just like, let me do something with it. Um, uh, so.
1: You're doing, learn how to, trying to find different things to lift.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, just let me pick up the couch a few times, do some reps, you know.
1: <laughs> Problem on the kids.
0: Yeah, three deep, three deep lineup. All
1: right, let's lift. Right. Let's lift.
0: But yeah everyone uh pick up a hobby stay sane if you all have any questions we're here for you uh feel free to reach out me and me or brandon will get to you um uh but we definitely appreciate everyone and we look forward to uh walking and talking with you guys uh next time so absolutely y'all have a good one y'all too
1: man